athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. It is, in fact, championship weekend as you're locked into the dopest show on radio from the press box to press row. I am your host, Donald Ware. So glad to be back with you. And I got to be honest, you know, um, and, and by the way, first of all, I got to say congratulations to Mr. Stephen and Karima Edwards. Uh, my sister got married in Costa Rica last week. That's why I was away last week and, and glad to be back. You know, when we first got so it, we were in Costa Rica, uh, we, we landed at San Jose Airport. We drove the, I guess, four hours to get to Uvita. And um, I tell you what, I, I, I didn't know if I was going to make it to the wedding. We had to go up these high mountains. You had to have a four by four or something or a vehicle that had all wheel drive or four wheel drive. And you had to go up these mountains that were uh, roads, really, that were straight up and down, rocky. I mean, nothing but rocks on the road and they were straight up and down. I don't mean like at a slant. I mean, straight up and down. And we we first got there at night. It's about probably about seven total hills that you had to go up uh four were straight up and down really steep and as we're going up these hills i'm thinking to myself are they serious like we're they're getting married here and i i mean you know i didn't know if i was gonna live or not having to go up those mountains ultimately we made it got used to it went back down the mountain the next day and all of that kind of stuff and it was just a great wedding, a, a just a phenomenal, um, phenomenal views um, from as far up as we were. You could see uh, the beaches. Uh, you could see, obviously, the mountains. We were, in essence, in the jungle, but it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the wedding was great. The reception was off the chain. Uh, of course, uh, you know, my sister's from from Washington. So it was almost like a go-go broke out uh, at the reception at some point when the DJ started getting into the go-go. It was absolutely phenomenal. We had a great time, but I tell you what, I'm glad to be back here in Raleigh, North Carolina and glad to be with you. Listen, as mentioned, championship weekend here on the program. We got a whole lot to get to. Let me lay it out for you. Joining us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Richard Hayes is the head football coach 
at Fayetteville State. The Broncos in the CIAA championship game for the third straight year going to be taking on Bowie State. Richard Hayes set to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Speaking of back-to-back years in a championship game, Albany State, second year in a row that the Golden Rams going to be in the SIAC championship and the second straight year that the Golden Rams are going to be taking on Miles and Albany State third-year head football coach Gabe Gardenia going to join us on the program. The Box to Row National Game of the Week is Bethune-Cookman at North Carolina A&T in Greensboro on Saturday. I can't wait for that football game. It's going to be a great football game. Uh, and it's a championship type of football game because the winner uh, of that football game's got a leg up in the MIAC race. And, y- you know, again, just to reiterate, uh, Florida A&M is having a phenomenal season, but unfortunately for the Rattlers, uh, not eligible for the MIAC championship or the Celebration Bowl. So it's uh, a three-way tie right now between South Carolina State, Bethune-Cookman, and North Carolina A&T, and Bethune-Cookman head football coach Terry Sims also going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Your participation here on From the Press Box to Press Row always warranted. I want you to participate here on the program. Hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You can also follow me personally on Twitter at dware one also on Instagram at WareDonnell, W-A-R-E-D-O-N-A-L. Thank you to all of our outstanding affiliates around the country that carry from the press box to press row. I mean, you know, I, I tell you what, I just marvel at the fact that we started with five radio stations back uh, on August the 20th of 2005, uh, went back to one radio station at the time, Power 750, uh, WAUG in Raleigh, and now we're up to in excess of 30 radio stations that carry the program. Uh, Power 750, WAUG, now known as Hot 97.9 in Raleigh, the only official or the only original uh, uh, carrier of the program. Um, thank you to those that listened to us in Raleigh on Hot 97. Um, you know, we talked about uh, the guest on the show. Thank you to those that listened to us on WELE in Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, as well. Uh, those that listened to us in Albany, Georgia, on WASU. Those that listened to us on Sirius XM, channels 141 and 142. And those that listened to us around the world at BoxToRow.com. I want to begin with the farce that is the Colin Kaepernick workout uh, that was scheduled uh, by the National Football League, supposed to take place on Saturday. I mean, this is really wrong on so many levels. Um, I mean, number one, you're having a workout on a Saturday when most teams are preparing for a football game on a Sunday, of course, a few teams are preparing for a game on Monday. But at the end of the day, teams are preparing for football games over the next couple of days. So, I mean, that in of itself is bad. Um, but 
why? Like, to me, it's as simple as why are we having a workout for Colin Kaepernick? Is this generally what the National Football League does? Does it generally have workouts for players where the league puts it on? Now, uh, of course, my understanding is generally uh, players uh, that want to work out for various teams come in on Tuesdays and do the workouts. But why did the National Football League feel compelled to put on a what I would equate to a pro day like you have pro days for college football players, college football players. Uh, they have at their respective schools generally um, a pro day and NFL teams come out. They take measurements. Uh, uh, players go through drills. They evaluate players, that type of thing. So um, this this is like a pro day type of atmosphere for a guy who had success in the who has already had success in the National Football League. Okay, again, it's no doubt that Callan Kaepernick is being blackballed out of the National Football League. I mean, there was no doubt about that. He took the knee. Um, he's being black. He's been blackballed out of the league, whether it's been by the National Football League itself, uh, whether it's been by the respective teams individually who may have colluded to keep him out of the National Football League. However you want to look at it, it's under the shield that uh, the reason why he's been blackballed out of the league. Again, I'll continue to say, uh, you know, he, he's definitely had some success. If it was another quarterback that has had a lot of success in the league, I don't want to point to any particular quarterback, but you can name the top 10 quarterbacks. Let's just say the top 10 quarterbacks. If it had been the top 10 quarterbacks in the league uh, that had taken the knee, then ultimately they would have still been playing in the league. You know, my thing is this. I think the league is, is two things or a couple of things here about the National Football League. Either the league is getting ahead of something and trying to squash something that is coming, that is coming, uh, that may come to light, uh, or, um, or uh, y- you know, you could look at it from a, uh, a, a from certainly a perspective that um, they are pacifying. Uh, these these teams to say we need someone to possibly sign Kaepernick. I mean, it's been ridiculous, okay, that we've had all of these quarterbacks that have been signed, and I'm not even talking about starting quarterbacks. I'm talking about backup quarterbacks. I mean, Mark Sanchez, for crying out loud, was signed by the Redskins a couple of years ago, still had an opportunity to play in the league. I think he was also with the Bears. You're signing that guy but not Colin Kaepernick. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, of course, he's going to excel in the workout. Um, you know, who'll be there to see him? Last I checked, 11 teams are supposed to be there. Will there be any coaches there? No, coaches are preparing. Will there be any general managers uh, there at this workout? Uh, perhaps. He's better than more than half of the backups in the league. Again, I think if he... At the end of the day, he's been blackballed. It's a travesty what the National Football League has done to Kaepernick. An absolute travesty. I know he's settled and all of that kind of stuff. I mean, 
he sh- definitely should be playing. I mean, w- would he be starting with some teams? Maybe. Would he be a backup? Certainly. But there's no doubt about it that Colin Kaepernick should be playing right now in the National Football League. And for the National Football League to have to put on a pro day, I think, is really bush. Uh, to be honest with you, this guy's been a professional, whatever the motive is with the National Football League. In my estimation, makes absolutely no sense. Teams should have signed him a long time ago. Got plenty more on this championship weekend of From the Press Box to Press Row. Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Faith Evans. And I'm hanging out with my man, Donald Ware, on From the Press Box to Press Row, baby. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, um, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skylar Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious and just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. From the press box to press row and box to row.com, your HBCU sports leader. It's championship Saturday here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're going to take things to our next guest. As a matter of fact, Fayetteville State has been in the CIAA championship game for three straight years. And in his fourth season as the head football coach of the Broncos is Richard Hayes. Fayetteville State going to take on Bowie State in a rematch of last year's CIAA championship game. As Coach Hayes joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Hayes, welcome back to the program. Hey, I appreciate you having me again. Absolutely. Uh, another good season for you, probably the best, uh, not probably the best since you've been uh, the head coach. Your thoughts uh, on the season as you head into Saturday CIAA championship game? Well, we came into this year knowing that we had a, a pretty experienced group coming back. We we had about 75 guys from last year's team come back. And, uh, you know, we didn't finish last year the way we wanted to, and those guys worked hard during the off season and came in in the fall and really set their goals high. And we wanted to start off the season fast, which we did. And, you know, we had a couple of hiccups th- throughout the season. But here we are again back in the CIAA championship with another, another opportunity uh, to possibly win it. Yeah, eight and two on the season. I mean, not to, I'm not trying to put a damper on things. I'm just wondering about the loss, uh, to St. Augustine's. What did you say to your team 
after that game because that sort of puts you in a bit of a precarious situation where you definitely needed to win out and hope, you know, that that uh, uh, that maybe Shaw ultimately uh, did not. Right. Well, prior to us starting Southern Division play, I told the guys that this was going to be the hardest five weeks of football that they played so far. And going into the Southern Division, everybody doesn't always have the best record. But, you know, it's, it's to me, I break it down like it's the four private schools in John C. Smith, Shaw St. Aug, and Livingstone. And then you have the state side, Winston State and Federal State. And some schools have a distinct advantage in some areas than, than others. And when you play those schools, you got to know that you're playing a different kind of kid. You're not going to always be playing against the traditional freshman straight out of high school. And, you know, I warned those guys that they had to take everybody serious, respect all fear none. And I had been telling them all season long, and it came to bite us that day because I don't think we took St. All serious. You know, they pulled up to our place. They had one bus, uh, one bus of players, and it was reported that they had dressed like 38 players the week before. And our guys really slept on St. All, but I knew that those guys had been playing this tough for the past couple of years, and I was taking them serious, and the coaching staff took them serious. I don't think our players took them serious that particular day until it got late into the fourth quarter and they, and they realized that we were about to jeopardize some things that we had going on for us as far as national rankings, regional rankings, and clinching the Southern Division. Yeah, no, no question about it. Of course, you rebound uh, to beat uh, Livingstone the next week and then ultimately beat uh, Winston-Salem State. What about that rivalry uh, against Winston-Salem State? It has come down in uh, really all four of your years, uh, in essence, to the game against Winston-Salem State. Yeah, yeah, and for, for years, you know, I sat on the other side of that and watched Fayetteville State, State try to uh, beat Winston-Salem State for the right to play in the CIAA championship and they came up short. And this is just about when we got here trying to change the culture and make those guys believe that they could ultimately go down to Winston or have Winston come to our place and we could win those games against that team. That's what makes it a rivalry. It's really not a rivalry if you never beat us. And prior to my coming here, I think it had been uh, 14 years, something like that, since Fairfield State had beat Winston State. So just trying to get their minds right and let them believe that they could beat those guys on a regular basis. And that's what we're trying to do. Richard Hayes, in his fourth season as the head football coach at Fayetteville State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Broncos going to take on Bowie State in a rematch of the CIAA championship game uh, on Saturday in Salem, Virginia. I, I look at the program, and, and, and when you took it over, it, it, it uh, you know it, it needed some repair, and you you know you had you know, a, a couple of guys that were there. And you've improved this thing every single year. Talk to me about that and, and being able to do that. And, again, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, you and I go back a long ways. I'm not trying to give away your age, but, I mean, you're, you know, you're doing this um, uh, after having uh, some some coaching experience, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's been all been, been, been about recruiting and, you know, the support we have from our administration and our athletic director, Mr. Anthony Bennett. I mean, we came in and we had a very small weight room, didn't have a, a really strong weight program at all. We, we got a new weight room built and got a strength coach working with these guys uh, three or four times a week, and everything is just fell into place. You know, we, we brought some really talented kids. Uh, that 2017 class that we brought in, where we brought in about 60-some freshmen, uh, those are the guys that are still playing for us right now. This might not be 60 of them, but 
that is the core nucleus of our team. And, you know, we only have 10 seniors on this team, so I'm expecting us to be even better next year. Yeah. I mean, you, you got some really good guys. I mean, I you know, I, I, I tell you, it, defensively, so you, we've talked the last couple of years, and the defense hasn't really been – where you want it to be. But, I mean, if you look at the stats this year, I mean, you're getting it done defensively. I look at a kid like a Kashawn James, 16 mm-hmm. tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. Talk about this defense and how tough it's been this year. Well, first let me say that I'm giving all the credit to my defensive coaching staff, Coach Tripp, who's the defensive coordinator, and uh, Coach Bowser and Coach Stephen Tate. Those guys have done a great job of week in and week out, getting our guys prepared, understanding what our opposing offenses are trying to do to us. And those guys just believing in the system and playing hard and playing for four quarters. Uh, the big thing that we had to learn as a young defense a few years ago was just how to get off the field on third down or, or not make those mistakes that shoot ourselves in the foot and you know keep, keep other teams' drives alive. And They're doing a much better job of understanding the importance of getting off the field on third down. And, and, and that's where we are now, creating turnovers and being opportunistic. Stevie Green, finally, first team, all CIAA, finally. He's oh, yeah. been he's been the best back in the CIAA for the last four years. I don't think there's any question about that. 1,071 yards rushing, six uh, six yards per carry, you know, 14 touchdowns also. Just, just talk about him and what he's meant uh, to this program. Well, you know, like I told someone else, from the first time he touched the ball in his very first college game for Fayetteville State, he's been a special kid and he's been the face of our program. Although he doesn't want all the credit and everything like that, he's just a, an outstanding kid and he loves the game of football and he loves his university and he loves his teammates. I'm just so proud of what he's accomplished. You know, like you said earlier, he hadn't been first team on CIAA, even though he's, he's had the numbers throughout the years. He's always been kind of overlooked or overshadowed by other backs within the league. But, you know, he brings a certain dynamic to us. And everybody knows, we know on a weekend and week-out basis that everybody's defense is going to focus on Stevie Green. Yeah. Your thoughts on the, the play of your quarterback, Richard Latimer? Richard, believe it or not, Richard is a very experienced quarterback. He was our quarterback when we made our run in 2017. That was his true freshman year. Uh Last year we redshirted him, and this year, you know, he kind of waited, waited around and got his opportunity to take over the team. And he's seven and one as a starter this year. You know, he's had a couple of hiccups here the past couple of weeks as far as turning the ball over, but that was his strong suit earlier in the season. He wasn't turning the ball over, and he wasn't throwing interceptions and things like that. Uh, so we just got to get him back on track. He does a great job of managing the offense, not putting us in bad situations. And I'm really proud of his progress this year. Richard Hayes is the head football coach at Fayetteville State. Joins us here on the program. Is uh, Coach Hayes third time the charm, and what is it going to take to beat Bowie State uh, on Saturday? Well, they say the third time is the charm, but, you know, once again we're facing an outstanding opponent, an undefeated opponent for the second time in three years. Uh, Each of the three times we've been here previously, we've faced the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, from the other team, and this year it happens to be the offensive player, the defensive player, the rookie, the coach of the year. So <laughs> the, deck, the, the deck is really stacked against us, but, man, I wouldn't have it no other way. Uh, we're excited about the opportunity to face those guys. They're a really good football team, and Coach Wilson has done an outstanding job of getting this program to this point, uh, and, and I'm just looking forward to Saturday.
Yeah, what are what are some of the concerns you have about? I mean, I know you mentioned, but the, some of the concerns you have about the Bulldogs. Well, they're really stout up front defensively. Uh, they have a, a, a really good offensive line, and you know we have to try to contain that quarterback, uh, Jerome Johnson. Man, he he's a he can do it with his legs. He can do it with his arms. Man, you just got to know where he is and keep, have somebody watching him at all times because uh, he can end the game by himself real fast. And then lastly, and we appreciate the time, talk about how much you learned under uh, your uncle, the legendary uh, Bill Hayes. Of course, you had a time, uh, an opportunity to be with him um, as an assistant uh, back in the A&T days. But just, you know, just sort of coming up and, and, and learning under him. Well, back then, you know, I had to run a lot of errands for him. I had to drive <laughs> a video from uh from Greensboro to wherever I had, maybe sometimes to Orangeburg or the Appalachian State, I had to go take the videotape and take it to the other opposing coach and meet him halfway or something like that, or go to the bus station and pick the video up. See, these young coaches now don't have to go through that. They have <laughs> other and everything's on the computer. You know, it's just a touch of a button. Um, but he really taught me how to work hard and, and get the best out of your players, man, and, and just how to recruit the right kids and, and the kids, not the type of kids that's going to embarrass you or your program. And, and just dr- that drive that he has, he still has it because he's still to this day pushing me. He called me three times today already and just, just trying to check me on certain things with the game. And, you know, I'm just so thankful that I have him as a crutch that I can learn from, to lean on and learn from throughout these years of my career. And I look forward to many more of them. Yeah, that is awesome. Richard Hayes in his fourth season as the head football coach at Fayetteville State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Broncos taking on Bowie State for the CIAA championship. Coach Hayes, we appreciate the time. Good luck to you and the Broncos. I appreciate you for having me, man, and thank you so much. I'll see you later on. Appreciate it, Coach Hayes, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. I think this CIAA championship game is going to be a defensive battle I, I mean, you, you're talking about two really, really, really good defenses. You're talking about two uh, good offenses. I think what where Fayetteville State has more of the advantage offensively is definitely with Stevie Green, the running back. I mean, this kid has been phenomenal. Uh, one time this year, the box to row, a national player of the week. and But he's got to face a really good Bowie State defense the Johnson kid for Bowie State is absolutely phenomenal this is going to be a great football game perhaps the third time is the charm for Fayetteville State to win the CIAA championship but that remains to be seen up next here on from the press box to press row Bethune Cookman head football coach Terry Sims let's continue here on from the press box to press row of course the boxer row national game of the week Bethune Cookman is at North Carolina A&T and in his fifth season as the head football coach of Bethune Cookman is Terry Sims. The Wildcats ranked number seven in both the box to row coaches and media polls as Coach Sims joins us here on from the press box to press row. What's going on, Coach Sims? How's it going? Doing good, man. I, I just want to kind of get your thoughts. A, a tough loss, 16 to 13 uh, in Dover, Delaware last week uh, against Delaware State. Well, you know, and, and I'll say it again, you know, you have to take your hat off to Coach Milstead and his staff. They did a great job of uh, game planning and preparing for this football game, and their guys played hard. Uh, we, we did not 
uh, execute the way we should have offensively. Uh, didn't make the plays that we, we should have made. And, and, you know, their their team did. They made more plays than we did, and they won the football game. Not to take anything away from, from Delaware State. I mean, you're talking about your loss, and you're talking about A&T's loss uh, to Morgan State. Is there a possibility that, I mean, Delaware State, a one-win team coming in, that maybe your players underestimated the Hornets? You know, I, I don't think that we underestimated them, uh, you know, because we, we kind of we, we preach that. We, we don't overlook anyone. I think it was it was just a day that uh, they came out and they played better football than we did, and, and that's something you know me as the head coach, I have to you know take that one, and, and I have to have this football team ready to play. Uh, your thoughts on the season to this point? Two games remaining, of course, A and T right in front of you, uh, but you had a five game winning streak and it lost the last two. But your thoughts on the season to this point? Uh, you know, uh, honestly, up until this point, I, I thought we, we still had um, a little bit of a, a, a glitch offensively. We were trying to get over the hump. We've only had a couple games where we've actually gone out and executed the way uh, we feel we should. Uh, so so I think special teams-wise, we've been solid defense. I think we just we, we got to work on getting off the field on third down. Uh, but other than that, defensively, we've been playing pretty good. Uh, I, I think we're a little bit behind where I would want to be this time of the year. But, uh, you know, that, that's football. And that, that's been a, a coach that wants our, our guys to excel at everything that we do. You know, if I look at the numbers, and a lot of times numbers don't always tell the story, but when you look at Akevius Williams, it's his second year uh, full-time. Of course, he did play uh, uh, a bit back in 2016, 505 yards rushing. He leads your team. He's got he's completing 54% of his passes, nine touchdowns to five interceptions. Your thoughts, how is he playing uh, so far this season? Uh, you know, it, it's been spotty. You know, you you want a guy of his, his talent, you know, his ability to come out, and I think everyone was looking for a whole lot from him. He has had games where he has been the game decent and you know made some plays, but uh, he he was the first guy to tell me, and he always is, that he has to you know he has to do better, he has to play better, he has to do uh, the things that that he's asked to do. He's a mature guy. He understands that. Uh, and I think, you know, my thoughts right now, he has not performed every game up to expectations. But, you know, he's our guy. He's still our guy. And, and we're going with it. Jimmy Robinson, uh, so far this year, 32 receptions, 419 yards. He's got four touchdowns, 13.1 yards per carry. I mean, this young man is absolutely dynamic. He was one of your leading rushers uh, on last year. What about him? I, I, it seemed like maybe he, he'd get a little bit more touches in, in the running game, but he's definitely getting it done receiving-wise and, of course, in the kick return game. Yeah, you know, we, we, we had to use him a lot more last year because we lost uh, Corshawn Bird uh, in the Howard game last year, so we had to use Jimmy some in the backfield uh, with Bird being back. We, we still want to give Jimmy some touches, and he's had some, probably not, you know, as many as, as our fans would like, 
Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, we have to do what we have to do to keep our players uh, protected and keep them healthy. Uh, Jimmy's, you know, a guy that would he would take the ball every snap if, if he could. But, you know, we, we have to make sure that, that we're not um, using him up and not using the guys, you know, the other guys on the team. We have other guys that have to step up because people know who Jimmy, you know, is right now. Last year they didn't. So, you know, they couldn't they couldn't really prepare for him those first three or four games, or really first two or three games, I should say. They couldn't prepare for him, and he uh, you know, he, he, he exploded on, on a lot of teams. Uh, they know who he is now, and, and they're, you know, a lot of teams are putting a spy on him. They're, they're doing things to uh, take him away, or, and, and I think that's something that uh, our offensive staff, they found out, you know, early on in the season that people were keying on Jimmy, and we just have to have some other guys to step up. Terry Sims is the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman in his fifth season. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Big-time football game on Saturday in Greensboro, North Carolina, as the Wildcats travel to take on A&T. Can you, Coach Sims, speak to parity in this league? I mean, I thought maybe coming into the season it was quite possible zero losses uh, would win the conference, certainly one loss. But it's a it's a possibility that three losses – uh, in this conference, could win the MEAC title this year. <laughs> well, I mean, it just shows you the parity in the, in this league. And you know, I know our fans, nor ANT's fans, are happy with the, the losses last week. We're not happy with them. But uh, you have to show up and play every week in this league. Now, uh, you, you can't say I'm just playing this team and we just got we'll get ready for the next game. Uh, the, the, there's a lot of parity in this league, and, and it's good. It's good for the league. Uh, so I, I'm I'm excited about it. You know, we 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 love a challenge every week, and, and we're preparing now to go to Greensboro and and have another battle. Yeah, your thoughts. Five years in now as the head coach winning a MEAC championship. You know, 2016 was just a tough season, uh, a lot of injuries. But I mean, you've had you know you've had success as a head coach. Is is you know, is this where you thought the program may be uh, in now your fifth season as the head coach at Bethune-Cookman? Uh, being honest, no. I thought we'd be, you know, a, a couple more championships in. Uh, we, we, you know, we have talented kids here. You know, we, we've had a, a, a few games in, in each year that just have not gone our way. The ball has not bounced our way. So, you know, I, I really – thought that we'd be a little bit further ahead uh at this point in time in in, in this you know in my career uh yeah no understood um your thoughts uh let's talk a little bit about a&t and the matchup um your thoughts uh maybe concerns that you have about the aggies i mean there, there are concerns all over the field with those guys uh good football team in all three phases and you know the thing that that you have to credit their team and, and their their staff, Coach Washington and their staff, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't hurt themselves. And and when you make a mistake, they capitalize on it. So, you know, they, they have weapons all over the field. I mean, they I think, you know, when, when you look at it, we're, we're two teams that have weapons on the team. They they have receivers, that you know, big receivers that can go get the ball. They have a, you know, NFL running back. 
you know, a quarterback that, that manages the game, you know, very well. And defensively, they still fly around, and, and, and every guy on that defense has a nose for the football. So, uh, you know, it, we have a challenge ahead of us. We have a challenge ahead of us, and we, we, we have to make sure that we're up for the challenge on, uh, on Saturday. What is it going to take? What are some of the keys? What do, what do you have to do? What does your team have to do to come out of Greensboro with this victory and to uh, to stay atop uh, the MEAC, of course, dependent upon what South Carolina State does? Well, first and foremost, we, we got to, you know, we, we, we got to protect the football. Uh, we got to protect the football, and we, we have to tackle well. I think if we tackle well and we protect the football, We'll have a great opportunity to come out of there with a win on, on Saturday. We we definitely have to make the plays that we're supposed to make, um, and, and you know not let foolish penalties take us out of the football game. And then finally, and, and we appreciate the time, and of course I asked you about where the program uh, was in your estimation in now five years. But how how much fun are you having? Uh, uh, with this and of course being in these type of games like you've been in contention pretty much uh, every year how much fun are you having with this and being able to play in these type of football games well I mean if, if you're a, a true you know player true coach you're a competitor you love to compete uh, and, and I love to compete just like my guys do uh, obviously you want to you want to jump out and, and win every game that you play and that's that's where our mindset is we want to win every game that we step on the field and play. Uh, I'm having a ball. I'm having a ball uh, working with the staff and, and, you know, coaching these guys. I have a great football team, you know, a bunch of guys that, that love to play the game uh, with each other. They love to play the game for each other. So uh, I think I'm in a unique situation. And we, we've had some shortcomings the last couple of weeks, but I think it's just us writing the ship and, and getting us right. That, that's the thing that will take care of us better than anything. Terry Sims again in his fifth season as the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman. A monster game. The Wildcats going to be in Greensboro, North Carolina on Saturday taking on A&T as first place in the MEAC is on the line. Coach Sims, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Wildcats. Thank you very much. Terry Sims in his fifth season as the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman's got the Wildcats in good position Big-time football game on Saturday. The Boxer Row National Game of the Week. I broke down the football game on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on Thursday. Not going to have enough time to break it down. Um, you know, but if you if you look at it, um, if you're A&T, you got to be able to stop the passing game of Bethune-Cookman. Akevius Williams, very capable. If you're Bethune-Cookman, you got to be able to stop the run game and Jamaine Martin of North Carolina A&T. Um, again, championship level type of teams. And, you know, I, I, I said it at the beginning of the season, maybe zero losses would win the MEAC. Wrong about that. Perhaps one, obviously wrong about that. Two losses, maybe. Still a scenario where three losses could still win the MEAC. This is not the MEAC, in essence, the MEAC championship game. It's a big step towards someone winning the championship. And I don't want to even think about if there's a three-way tie in the MEAC. Uh, that is a whole different scenario. But obviously, South Carolina State, a big game also against North Carolina Central, who's on the outside looking in. 
Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row as championship weekend continues, Albany State head football coach Gabe Gardini. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. You know, uh, we've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. This is Michael Vick. Hi, this is Layla Ali. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Skyler Diggins. Hey, it's Alex Morgan with the U.S. Women's Soccer Team. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, yeah, and I was really um, ready and serious. I'm just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real, relevant radio. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Championship talk here on From the Press Box to Press Row. As a matter of fact, it continues as we're joined by a man in his third season as the head football coach at Albany State. And for the second straight year, the Golden Rams back in the SIAC championship game. Once again, taking on Miles as Gabe Gardenia joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Gardenia, welcome back to the program. Well, Donald, thanks for having me back. Uh, excited to be back uh, in the championship game and, and uh, playing uh, you know, a meaningful game in November. No, there's no question, and you've really done a good job uh, with this program. Your, your thoughts on where you are right now, 7-3 and three, uh, on the season as you finish up, of course, the regular season with a big-time 42-6 victory over uh, your rival, Fort Valley State? Well, I think it's been a, a unique year. Uh, we've had a, uh, just a ton, a ton, a ton of injuries uh, throughout the season. And so uh, um, it's really tested the depth and the resolve of our team. Um, so it's been a uh, – I've, I've definitely played more players this year than we've ever played. Um, and so that's been a testament to our assistant coaches and, and getting the next guy ready, but then also I think our recruiting and and the way we've kind of been able to build some depth and uh, and just the character and the fortitude of this team. I mean, the guy, it hasn't uh, seemed to matter um, uh, who it is. Maybe uh, the day one starters, uh, uh, the depth chart looks a lot different right now back in uh, August. Um, but that's been a good thing, and it's actually been a great thing for the morale of this team and the development of this team. And, and so just really, really proud of uh, – you know, uh, just a total team effort that we've been having to put forth, uh, you know, probably the last six weeks. Yeah, I mean, and you, I mean, to to look at the schedule, I mean, you start the season out against uh, against Valdosta State, a perennial power uh, in Division mm-hmm. Two, uh, then go to, on to lose a, another a road game, a first of three road games, as a matter of fact, to Mississippi College. But then you get this big win over West Georgia at the time. Uh, number 14 in the country. Speak to that sure. win and just how um, that win helped to sort of turn things around. Well, I, you know, I think uh, we just kept telling our team 
you know, even even uh, through those first two games, that we were a good football team. Um, and uh, and I don't think that, you know that belief never wavered. Uh, and uh, and that that night in Carrollton, uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a great uh, song called uh, uh, "Do You Remember the 21st Night of September?" And uh, and we certainly do. <laughs> uh, uh, and that kind of got us going. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, and we just kind of played. You know, we felt like up to how we should play. Uh, and uh, I guess a good football team and in a, in a good environment. Um, and lost, you know, starting quarterback in the second quarter of that game, and it really didn't matter. Uh, you know, uh, had to, uh, had a freshman, redshirt freshman, step in and play <laughs> two and a half quarters, and had a uh, had a true freshman guard uh, come in and play three quarters uh, after one of our guys dislocated his kneecap. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I think it just kind of showed us all. Hey, it doesn't matter who's in there. Uh, we all. Uh, you know, we're going to put forth a great effort and uh, try to help our football team win. And it was, uh, you know, really got us going. Yeah, it most certainly did. And you rolled from there. Uh, then the next three games, of course, at home and in and, and all victories. Um, th- this running game, you know, you look at uh, Habersham and what he's doing. Tracy Scott, you even got Williams into the mix as your as your quarterback. You know, Talk about that. And, and from an offensive perspective, that's how you've gotten it done. Yeah, I mean, you know, those, uh, you know, it, 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 as we like to say, it, it helps to have two thoroughbreds back there, um, and uh, you know, those guys have, have managed to stay healthy all season, and I, and I really think it's their credit too, just the growth and maturity of our offensive line. You know, we beginning of the season we were starting four new starters, um, and it took them a little while to gel uh, and kind of figure each other out, and, and I think, uh, uh, you know, with with Tracy and, and, and McKinley, you know, we. We don't have to block everybody all the time. To, uh, you know, they're good at making a miss uh, and running you over. Um, but uh, uh, those guys play extremely hard. They kind of define our team, and I think they're both very good leaders as well. I think, uh, you know, that's probably the best thing that they bring to the table is that, you know, Tracy Scott is an energy guy. Uh, he's a vocal guy. Uh, and Habersham, maybe he's not quite as vocal, but, but his pads, boy, they – they put they play pretty loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question about it. Gabe Gardinia, in his third season as the head football coach at Albany State, he joins us here on from the press box to press row. What about this defense? It's it's the you know it's like the old school dirty blue uh, defense. You guys are just getting it done on that side of the football as well. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think they've really uh, played really well, especially the last two weeks. Uh, uh, kind of carried us in some areas and. Uh, we weren't playing real great offensively, and you know we're really playing probably about 18 or 19 guys over there. Uh, <laughs> you watch us play; we roll D linemen like you know hockey teams make line changes. Um, but it's just a philosophical thing, you know. We when I got here and just looked at our depth and assessed where we where we needed to get better. It was just like Man, we need more D linemen, uh, and it's taken us obviously a little bit of time, but we finally feel like. You know, when we travel like 11 or 12 of those guys, they all play. Uh, and they've all been productive. And, you know, you, you don't have to be quite as good, you know, when you only got to play three or four plays at a time and you're out, you know. Uh, and so uh, it's been uh, it's been really, um, um, you know, kind of a, a rallying cry, I think, for our team. Uh, I think our two corners, you know, now they play almost the whole entire game. 
uh, Jalen Boyd and Jalen Bush. We call them the Jalen brothers. Uh, but they play a bunch, and, and they've been really consistent out there. But, uh, and then Tyler Scott, number 21, uh, one of our safeties, he's really uh, – he, he kind of is a guy that, that gets us lined up. You know, he, he's kind of the steady guy back there. Um, and uh, so it's it's been a, a literal – team effort on that side of the ball for the Dirty Blue. Yeah, and I know you're looking for your first championship. You go to the championship last year. You're 6-4 and four, uh, in your first season, so you've had success uh, there and now three seasons. Y- your thoughts, I want to get your thoughts on, on, on where the program is. Did you think it would be uh, where it is in now three seasons there at Albany State? Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question. I think you know, you, you know, I think we've always had um, good players. I, I think uh, one uh, one of the guys who came with me uh, three years ago uh, uh, has moved on uh, and, is F, and is in FBS football now. Um, but they were off last week, uh, and he paid me. I think the best compliment he could have paid me, uh, or really our to our team. Uh, as he watched the game online last week, he said, "He said, Gabe, you know, you're, you're, you guys have really changed the culture there. You're getting cheap shotted, you're getting pushed after the play, uh, and none of your guys are responding. You know, they're just playing ball. They're playing hard for each other, and uh, you know that's what means a lot to me. You know, we, all we really have is our tape, and I think our tape right now really says that we love each other, uh, that we understand where to be and and how to play. Um, you know." You obviously, you know, want to, you know, you 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 know, you win every single game. You know, you feel like you let, you know, you didn't put your best performance out there against Savannah, and then when we went over there to Mississippi College, we just didn't play very well either. So, you know, you think about all those things in your mind. Of, you know, ah, gosh, can't believe we let this one or that one slip away. But, but I'm really proud of uh, of the closeness and the, and the unity that this team has, um, and uh, and I think that's why we're playing good. Gabe Gardinia in his third season as the head football coach at Albany State joins us here on the program. Of course, the Golden Rams are hosting the SIAC championship on Saturday against Miles. And last year, Coach Gardinia, you beat Miles early in the season. They came back, won the SIAC championship. Your thoughts on the Golden Bears and what it's going to take to win uh, your first SIAC championship as the head coach there at Albany State? Well, I, I think uh, um, Coach Ruffin has, has done a great job. I think, uh, you know, and he's done it over a long period of time. Um, so it's no fluke um, that they're back. And, and uh, you know, obviously, um, uh, you know, Daniel Smith is just a, you know, he's, he's an electric guy over there. Uh, makes a lot of plays with his feet, makes a lot of plays with his arm. And, uh, you know, you really got to corral him and then, they got a stable, really good back and they're playing like three different guys there, and they, they all, they all have been very productive. But I think the secret is their old line. <laughs> Those guys are really, really good. Uh, they move people, and, and they do a, a great job up front of, of uh, you know, running their zone scheme stuff and, and keeping you off balance with the stretch and everything. Um, and then defensively, they've, they're, they've, they've kind of evolved a little bit. I, you know, they've added some layers this year. Uh, with their new defensive coordinator and, uh, you know, blitzing a little bit more and, and uh, obviously very good up front on the D-line as well. And so uh, we got our hands full. Uh, so it should be an exciting game and, and uh, one that I think, uh, you know, those that tune in will be really uh, uh, entertained to see. 
Yeah. Gabe Gardenia, again, in his third season as the head football coach of Albany State, he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Golden Rams uh, are hosting the SIAC Championship, taking on the defending champs, Miles. Coach Gardenia, we appreciate the time. Uh, continued success to you and the Golden Rams. Well, thanks. And, uh, you know, uh, we appreciate uh, you covering our conference and, and uh, promoting our uh, our league. And uh, hopefully it's a good, good one on Saturday. Again, another, what should be another really good football game, another rematch of a championship game from last year. Again, two good defenses when you're talking about Miles and you're talking about Albany State. I'll tell you what, on this championship Saturday, we got we got some good football games. We didn't even mention, you know, Alcorn State and Alabama A&M. Uh, getting together the fact that West Virginia State has an opportunity to to win the Mountain East Conference uh, taking on Notre Dame uh, of Ohio we, we you know I've been talking about uh, West Virginia State all year long and by the way they're currently ranked the Yellow Jackets currently ranked number six I believe in uh, in their super regional so even a loss may not knock them out uh, and I tell you what, I mean, you just got some really good football games. Of course, you can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com uh, to check out Week 12 of the HBCU football schedule. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Richard Hayes, the head football coach at Fayetteville State. Also, Terry Sims, the head football coach at Bethune-Cookman. And Gabe Gardenia, the head football coach at Albany State, for joining us today. Here on the program. Don't forget about the HBCU football daily podcast. Wall to wall HBCU football Monday through Friday on our website at box And always remember to support those that support you. From the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications. She comes on like a rose. But everybody knows She'll get you in touch You can look but you better not touch Poison Ivy Poison Ivy Late at night while you're sleeping Poison Ivy comes a creeping around She's pretty as a daisy But look how mad she's crazy 